This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And I tell you guys I love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I will ride with this group until they don't want to play anymore. Yes. Fire it up. On a Friday here, it's a Feedback Friday live Purple Daily on the Purple Daily YouTube channel presented by our friends at Quick Trip. It's Phil. It's Declan. Our guy Judd is a uh, little, little family obligations today, tomorrow, uh, with the Vikings playing on Sunday. So he is taking a rare day off today. The sports dad is fine. Everyone gets weird. Like, the sports dad's off. Did he have emergency uh, appendectomy again? That happened one time? No, he's just he's just uh, doing some family stuff here mm-hmm. the next couple days. So we're going to dive into your comments, your questions, concerns, critiques, whatever it is that you guys want to throw at us. We stockpile all of the feedback through the feedback tab in the Scorner app. That's the best way to email us. We also monitor the YouTube comment section. But, Dex, before we get started here, we have to thank this awesome audience for helping us yeah. raise over $3,000 this week for Give to the Max Day uh, for our friends at Secondhand Hounds. And, by the way, the, the donation window is still open today. Uh, yesterday was Give to the Max Day. It's really Give to the Max Week. Right. But we are dog lovers on this show and all across the Score North podcast. And so we wanted to throw our support behind Secondhand Hounds, which rescues dogs from kill shelters and from owners who can no longer provide care for their dogs, cats as well. And you guys have helped us raise $3,000 so far this week. And uh, the window is still open at scorenorth.com slash donate. Nutrisource is matching up to $1,000, so tack on another $1,000. But scornarth.com slash donate. I know Maya was telling all her friends in the neighborhood here, too. Just, hey, go, Rufus. Hey, uh, uh, Nikolai, all you other dogs. Is, is, Rufus, is Rufus one of your uh, neighbor friends, one of Maya's friends, or do you just make up we that? Have, uh, I made up Rufus. We do have, <laughs> we have a Hank in the neighborhood. Oh, Hank. Is, he a, is, it, a, is it a French bulldog? Uh, Hank is a corgi. We've oh, seen, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. And we we also have Maya's boyfriend next door is Odin. 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 Nice. Yeah. So I love it. Whenever yeah, we're, she we're smells actually, Odin, uh, we're watching Finn, which is Vinny's brother, this weekend. So Finn and Vinny are from from the same dad. So we, we got and but Finn is a year older, but he's like about six inches smaller and about ten pounds lighter. So it's kind of hilarious because Vinny is kind of like this truck next to his older brother. Uh, so <laughs> they'll they'll be two, and he's all white. So he looks. He has the same uh, like facial expressions as Vinny, so there's sometimes like they're looking at me. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are brothers, yeah. uh, but they are completely different dogs. We'll have a couple pups, 
running you know, around here this week. At some point, we need to address the problem in America of of dogs fathering all of these other puppies and then mm-hmm. not paying their child support, not not being there for their dogs. Come on, I'm man. glad that the brothers can stay together. Agreed. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Nutrisource, uh, scorenorth.com slash donate. All right, Dex, let's get into some of the feedback here. From Southern Exile, he says, I think all of the KOC quarterback whisperer talk is beneficial as it relates to his ability to unlock Cousins and Dobbs, but I wonder if the KOC culture is even more important than the KOC quarterback whispering. He seems to instill a belief in individuals and in the team itself. In any job, we tend to rise up when our higher-ups let it be known that they're there for us, they're with us, they believe in us. I think the Vikings as a whole like each other. They like playing together, and they play for each other. This is evident in the locker room after games and individual interviews. If they go deep in the playoffs, I think this culture variable is as important as any X's and O's tactics or scheming. It's it's cool because I think with Zimmer, like at its peak, there was definitely a great culture there as well. Huge culture uh, with obviously it being a defensive first team and Zimmer, I'm guessing not having like as much bravado as Kevin O'Connell does, but there was obviously like the respect factor there. Like everyone respected Mike Zimmer, a long tenured assistant coach who finally got his crack, who had won a Super Bowl before and finally gets his due. And then Kevin O'Connell steps in, kind of complete opposite, right? Just kind of a new new kid on the block to a degree, was playing football just like 10, 12 years prior. But there's just this confidence and belief that like he's kind of your classic also football coach that he pushes you to a degree, but he also can lift you up. And I know at the end of Zimmer's tenure, it got a little stale and Kendrick's using, you know, the fear-based culture and that way of Zimmer's coaching obviously eventually went a little stale. Um, but KOC just has this belief, like he's just a normal guy that, and we've, we've joked about this before, but like you can have a beer with Kevin O'Connell. I don't know if I can have multiple beers with Kevin O'Connell because I don't know if he'll find me as interesting as he does with his football players. One, he's at one and then he'll just like signal for the tab. Yeah. yeah. yeah just, just cash oh, out, I thought we were going to be out. here. I told my wife we were going to be here for a couple hours. Tap out here. Uh, but I, I do friends. think it's it's interesting that the guy brings up the point of, yes, he's obviously like a great quarterback and offensive-minded coach, but the winning culture part, like how many coaches like that deserve to have a coaching job because they obviously are smart and they're capable but don't have a culture. They don't have any, you know, Josh McDaniels is a smart X's and O's football guy, but that guy clearly has no idea how to run a locker room. That's clear. He, it's, it's human connection really is what we're talking about. Like Josh McDaniels is a great example where, okay, things are going kind of south for, by the way, for the third time. And I'm counting the Colts thing. Cause like he opted into that job. And then, cause he just has no idea how to just connect with humans. He's just like, does the sociopathic thing and goes back to new England and leaves all these people without jobs. But the minute that things start feeling a little rickety with the Raiders and they have a team meeting and we're going to air out our grievances, they all just turn their eyes to Josh McDaniels and bitch about him and stuff. If Kevin O'Connell, this is my guess when Kevin O'Connell walks out of that locker room, I don't think 53 guys are complaining about him. When Josh McDaniels Mm -hmm. walks out of the locker room, clearly everybody and his, some of his assistants were complaining about him. And, you know, Mike Zimmer had a much different approach to culture building, but you're right. People do forget the first four years. It was less of a, you know, bro hugs in the locker room after a game culture. And it was more of a militant culture. Yes. But yeah, there you go. And so I think it made it a little bit less sustainable, but it, there's different ways to build culture. Kevin O'Connell has clearly to Southern Exiles point 
gotten everyone to believe that, you know, they as individuals are great and we as a team are great. And even after 0-3 and, and 1-4, and forget about the noise. Like, we know how good we are. To keep everything together during moments of football crisis is, it's really hard to find that in a coach. And the Vikings have found that. And, uh, you know, KLC brought this up with us when he joined, like right after getting the job. And he talked about the time, you know, the Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago, but they went like five, six weeks without a win, right? I think they went all of November yeah. and like into December without winning a football game. And same thing with the Vikings starting 0 3 of, all right, this is a bad start. Even on this show, we're like, should you tank? Should you start shelling off pieces by the trade deadline? And credit to him, man. Like, it is easy. Once you get no one three in the NFL, we've seen all the statistics. You do not make the playoffs. Your chances of making them are slim to none. And he's regrouped. I mean, the Vikings are now in the driver's seat after having, what, like a 9% chance yeah. or whatever it's been after Owen. Like, that is culture. That's not just luck. That's not just, like, kicking your way into a couple different wins. That is a culture-setting thing that you guys aren't going to get down on yourselves, and we can regroup here. Yeah, what were we should go back and find the percentages at 0 and 3. It was like there's like a handful of teams in the last 25 years that have come back from 0 and 3. And the Vikings are halfway through November and have already like completely changed those odds. They're, aren't they like 70% now to make yeah. the playoffs or something? I mean, I mean there I even saw the list here and I don't know if maybe we'll get back to this on feedback and the more of the feedback, but like the quarterbacks they face especially if Joe Burrow's hand is like broken or out significantly. That's it's kind of like last year. It's it's That's similar right. to last year where you're you're going to be playing like backup to mid, even low tier starters the rest of the way outside of Jared Goff. According to PlayoffStatus.com, which I have no idea if this is a <laughs> credible website, but it's one of the first ones that pops up. The Vikings have an eighty percent chance, eighty three percent chance to get to the first round of the playoffs, and then they have. Well, you know what? I'm going to save some of these other percentages because there okay. is there is a Super Bowl related question later that I remember. Okay. So we'll 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 tease these these Super Bowl percentages for later in the episode. Uh, by the way, if you uh, maybe you're just stumbling into Purple Daily for the first time, if you could do us a favor as we look to build this incredible community of Vikings fans all around the country, all around the world, click the like button and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and over on the Apple and Spotify side, if you're listening to this on demand. If you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review, it just helps spread the word about Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die at some point. Uh, Ken Engel chimes in here, Dex. He says, if the Vikings make the playoffs as the six or seven seed, so if they don't win the division but they get in as a wild card, they're likely to play either at Philly, Detroit, or San Francisco. Judd predicted the Vikings would win a playoff game. Uh, so which of those three teams do you guys think the Vikings have the best chance to beat in a playoff round? Philly, Detroit, or San Francisco on a on a road trip? It, it's Detroit for me. I was actually just talking to a buddy about this last night um, after we got done hanging out at Surly that, like, going to Detroit, this is the, okay, first off, this is the best Lions team I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm not saying that it's, like, leaps and yeah. bounds that can win a Super Bowl. It's just, it's been such a low bar for the Lions. And even with Stafford being there, like, the NFC North, even at Stafford's peak, was feisty. Like, the Bears popped up a few times with Cutler. The Vikings were always good here mm-hmm. and there. Like, this is by far the best Lions team I have ever witnessed in my lifetime. But it's also beatable. Like, going to Detroit and winning a playoff game, in my opinion, it's tough. But it's not tough going to Philly. It's not as tough going to Philly. Not as tough going to Santa Clara. It's a completely different game. You can go into Detroit, and if Dan Campbell, who loves to go for it on fourth down, 
and I, he definitely has that group playing good football, he can also sabotage a game pretty quickly. We also saw that him doing that in here in Minneapolis last season when he decided to kick a field goal instead of not going for it, which he loves to do. So going to Detroit to me on wild card weekend, not not a scary place to play in my opinion. Not a, it's an easy place to get an upset win. Yeah, it's it's also kind of an unknown atmosphere. Like you know that at this point, Philadelphia has been so good for so long. Super Bowl champion six years ago, and they they redo it and now. They're one of the best teams. Like you know, that's just a raucous, really hard atmosphere. Detroit, we've only seen snippets in my life going back. I was born in the mid '80s, and it's also the best Lions team I've ever seen. I'm, I guess there there might have been like a 1993 Lions team with Barry Sanders and like they had pretty good defenses, right. but but we don't have like a great idea of what that atmosphere is going to be like. And also just in terms of a matchup right now, I still think Detroit is better than the Vikings, mm-hmm. but they're going to play each other twice. We're going to get to see what this looks like. San Francisco, as I said earlier this week on the pigskin packing order, they're still the team to me, like when fully healthy, keep in mind when the Vikings beat the Niners, it was in Minnesota. It was without Debo Samuel and without Trent Williams. And when Trent Williams is on the field for the Niners, the last 20 games, when Trent Williams plays, the Niners are 18 and two in those games. The only two losses were the Cleveland game earlier this year, when Debo went down with a shoulder injury, like on the second drive of the game or something. And then, um, the Eagles playoff game where their quarterbacks got hurt and they were, they literally like couldn't throw the football for the game. So basically when Trent Williams plays, especially at home, it's kind of a, it's kind of a wrap. So I I'd like to avoid the Niners. It's, it's the lions, right? It's the answer is the lions. Yeah. Uh, Aram chimes in says as the Josh Dobbs experience continues to roll on, I sense some Vikings fans drifting toward repeating mistakes from the cousins era. With Kirk, many people argued he was uniquely qualified to run this offense and any lesser quarterback would fall on their face and the franchise would crumble. This was based almost entirely on a comparison to the crappy veterans behind him like Sean Mannion. Now, barring a run to the Super Bowl, the Vikings should not extend a multi-year offer to Josh Dobbs. Don't give him the Geno Smith contract. He's playing well, but I think a huge part of our collective infatuation is because we're comparing him to Kirk, and he looks wildly dynamic by comparison. Bringing Dobbs back is a good idea on a one-year deal. If his price interferes with other roster-building plans at all, you let him go and you give KOC a raise and you bring in a cheaper quarterback. I tend to agree with this. If you can get Dobbs for, like, I bring up Geno Smith because Geno Smith is a really good quarterback now with that system. He's like the 18th highest paid guy. He makes $30 million less per year than the highest paid quarterback. So that's $30 million extra dollars to spend on edge rushers, you know, or a good running back, cornerbacks, whatever it is. So it's all about the price. If he keeps playing this way, it is a conversation. But, like, no, if he plays this way and all of a sudden now he's going to be a 30 or $40 million guy, now you're having the same conversation we've had about Kirk Cousins and right. is the cost worth it compared to, you know, the roster building. And I'll push back a little bit from the beginning of his point that so when the Vikings made their run to the title game with Keenum, you know, they plug in Kirk Cousins, they give him a three-year guaranteed deal, then they give him, you know, more extensions here and there. But the Vikings have one playoff win to show for it. And so let's use the example of should they have brought back Case Keenum on a similar two-year deal that Denver gave him that I think when he left the Vikings and signed with the Broncos. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that next year, the Vikings win, what, eight, nine games? And, you know, Denver's not good, but they win six games with Case Keenum, and then they kind of had to, re- like, was it really that bad? And again, Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. I'm not insinuating that Case Keenum would have been the same person and put up the same stats and whatnot. Kirk Cousins is a far and away better quarterback mm-hmm. than Case Keenum has ever been in his career. But would it would have it been would it been a, a such a bad thing if the Vikings brought back brought back Case Keenum? They only win eight games and then they find their next quarterback in the draft. Like I giving Josh Dobbs a similar deal instead of balking at it and looking for another big big fish free agent quarterback would be the would be a dumb move I think for the Vikings. I think bringing Josh Dobbs back on a two year three year Geno Smith type level contract would actually make a lot of financial and also football sense. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Well, and to your point about like the Keenum thing, for instance, this is, I think a lot of people get fixated on like, how good is this quarterback compared to this quarterback with no other context of the rest of the team or how much this quarterback costs versus that quarterback and how it affects your roster building. I agree with you. Kirk Cousins levels better than Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins probably a level better than Josh Dobbs, although the version of Dobbs we're seeing in this offense, we went through all like the rankings and kind of where he stands after two games. And they're both like the seventh best quarterback in the league based on four or five different metrics. We'll see how it progresses, but the Vikings averaged more wins in the three or four years before Kirk cousins with case Keenum and like a rookie second year, Teddy Bridgewater not because those quarterbacks were better than cousins, but because the roster was better and they were able to, and you know, some of it was they drafted better than they did in some spots with Kirk cousins. Uh, And then of course cousins tears the Achilles. Oh my God, what are they going to do? The franchise is going to crumble. It's going to fold. They bring a guy in from, you know, his, his, his fourth organization, make it five in less than two years. And they just crash course the playbook into his, into his uh, speakers in the huddle and he winds up winning his first two games. So I think if nothing else, the last like 10 years of Vikings football have shown you it's more complicated than just having a highly paid quarterback. That's better than your case Keenum or better than it's it's, how does it fit in as a puzzle for the roster? It's a 53 man roster. And that's the funny thing I hear from like when people get on me or us for ripping on Kirk for a game or Vikings lose, you're blaming Kirk. It's a 53 man you know, there's 53 guys on a team, right? There's 53 guys on a team. So why should one guy who's not Patrick Mahomes make 15 to 20% of a salary cap? You're telling me it's a, it's a team game, right? So if it's, it's, if everyone's equal in terms of how they impact a football game, which isn't true either. Um, so it'll, it really, it's all dependent on it's how good is Dobbs in this system. And then what is his market price going to be once he hits free agency in five months from now? And probably nothing sort of getting to a Super Bowl is going to price you out of Josh Dobbs, or Josh Dobbs will price out the Vikings. Like, unless he takes this team to the Super Bowl and he has to get, and the Vikings are forced to give him, you know, Joe Flacco like money. Like, Flacco got that fat contract after winning the Ravens a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, 
Josh Dobbs is going to have next to no leverage to say, I want also a three-year fully guaranteed 80. Like, that's not going to be in the cards, dude. Yeah. So it's not yeah. going to be a thing either, in my opinion. I, I do want to pop this one up here because people who type in all caps always. Peter Love says, because he's only second to Mahomes in touchdowns, yards, and completions, he earned his money. If you think touchdowns, yards, and completions are what makes a quarterback a winning ingredient, then let me introduce you to Sam Howell. Doesn't Sam Howell lead the NFL? And let's pull this up, okay? Because let's Peter Love, let's go down this path, okay? Didn't Blake Bortles throw for like 4,000 yards one year with the Jaguars a yeah, few years back? Happened. Yeah, it can happen. And maybe 30 touchdowns. So let's just go off of uh, yards, back of the football card stats. All right, Peter Love, put your money where your mouth is, guy. Sam Howell currently leads the NFL by 150 passing yards, 2,783. Uh, and you said completions too, right? So Sam Howell currently leads the NFL in completions by over 20. He has 20 more completions than Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Sam Howell actually has 40 more completions than Patrick Mahomes and 300 more yards than Patrick Mahomes. There it is. Right. $50 million a year for Sam Howell. I know. Yeah. And look, I love me oh. some Sam Howell. Sam Howell's my guy. Love me some Sam Howell. However, like if, if you watch what Patrick Mahomes has done, winning Super Bowls and making absurd plays and then comparing the statistics next to him, like, come on, man. It's it's not even not even close, in my opinion, the perception of Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. They are on, on completely different tiers and levels. Dude, anyone that would put those two guys in the same sentence needs to be, like, taken away from football conversation. <laughs> like, you should not be able to talk about football with your family, your friends, online. Like, take the keyboard away. Uh, let's see here. Corey Larson says, Will the Vikings be tempted to let Jaron Hall play a game or two now that he's healthy? He has, uh, he has cost certainty for next year. He does not need a new contract. It would be really nice if we found out that he could be QB1 and we could use him on his million-dollar salary for a couple of years. What would it take for you, Dex, to get Jaron Hall into a game between now and the end of the season? I would probably have to say on at this point, like injuries to Josh Dobbs, like a significant injury. I, Unless unless Dobbs really falls down to earth, which I guess is not completely out of question here over the next like two to three games. Like if he plays bad against Denver, which again I, I think the letdown, if there's gonna be a letdown, it is this Sunday against the Broncos. Let's say he plays poor against the Broncos and then the Vikings just for whatever reason look horrible at home against a really bad Bears team. And then you're what, you're going into your bye week and there's a little bit of self assessment and scouting and whatnot, then would you give it to Jaron Hall? But again, that's that's an if hands and butts, and if only if Josh Dobbs really plays so poorly that they have to make that decision. I think at this point, yeah, unless he suffers like an injury that is preventing him from being on the field, it's probably going to be Josh Dobbs the rest of the way. I think you nailed it, man. Like At this point, it's... Also, let's back up a step, too. Josh Dobbs is a better prospect than Jaron Hall. Now, Dobbs is a little older, right? He's 28, and Hall's 25. It's not yes. like Hall's a 21-year-old. Right. But Hall was a fifth-round pick. There's size issues. He really struggled against pressure in college. And uh, I'm not saying he's not an NFL quarterback or that he doesn't deserve a look, but if you looked at sort of Jaron Hall as a prospect versus Josh Dobbs, who is a higher draft pick, he's a bigger guy, he's more athletic, um, There's he's also probably smarter. I mean, the dude's, <laughs> the dude's um, uh, an aerospace engineer, right. which, by the way, you can find your uh, pastronaut 
new hooded sweatshirts and t-shirts, purple daily pastronaut shirts at scornorth.com slash shop. Cheap plug, shameless plug, scornorth.com slash shop. Uh, so I, now Dobbs has been bouncing around, so it feels like, oh, his status has been sort of cemented as a journeyman backup quarterback. But um, don't let that fool you from thinking that he's not still an interesting prospect. So, But it would have to take like an injury or a couple just train wreck games, and you felt like you needed a spark. So we'll see. Uh, Tom Duntley says, Boys, maybe I missed it, but I haven't heard you mention that the Vikings are the second least penalized team in the NFL through week 10 behind only Cincinnati. It's another achievement due to strong coaching, culture, and roster intelligence. It's a key success factor. I'm going to trust Tom Duntley's research here that uh, they are the second least penalized team. They were one of the lowest penalized teams last year for at least the majority of the season too. And I think sometimes we think that in order to get penalties out of the equation for teams, you need a coach that's going to drop the hammer and discipline that like players will only stop committing penalties if they're in fear of a coach lashing out at them or something. I think it's more about clear communication. Mm -hmm. What is your system? What is the snap count? What like position coach communication, organization, everyone knowing exactly what they need to do beforehand. What is the snap count? All that stuff. And it felt like toward the end of the Zimmer era, it was kind of just like, Guys didn't trust coaches. There was not clear communication. Zimmer didn't pay a lot of attention to offense. Thus, three false starts on the first drive of the game in 2021, first drive of the season. Um, so I just think Kevin O'Connell seems, it's not like fear-based coaching. It feels like he's very communicative and organized in the way that he structures things. Yeah, it's definitely a product of good coaching and communication, you know, they, they, and they've had some untimely penalties, right? That Brian O'Neill one that got called back for holding um, on the Ty Chandler touchdown, like that one, now brutal time for a little, for a penalty there. And I think there was a similar one in the Niners game, if memory serves right. Like they've mm-hmm. had a couple of really bad untimely penalties, but mm-hmm. I've yet to really see like consistently same dumb, bad penalties. Like, and what I mean by that is they have false starts on the offensive line by Oli Udo or, you know, Cam Bynum maybe not turning around and getting a PI call all the time. They've done a really good job of not putting themselves in a hole. And, and it kind of feels like whatever team they're playing has gotten themselves in the penalty trouble. I mean, we, we saw it on last week with the, with the Vikings, too, when they were playing the Saints. Like, the Saints got in the penalty trouble. The Falcons got in the penalty trouble. Like, undisciplined football can certainly happen there. That has not been a thing with KOC, which is great. I mean, football fans are always on pins and needles anytime there's a 50-50 ball in the air that, oh, God, please no flag, no flag, no flag. I, I'm still the same football guy that says that anytime that there's a ball heaved up. But in general, they've they've done a really good job of not beating themselves with penalties. On defense, I'm just going through on football database, they have, like, sorted penalty stats. The Vikings have only committed three defensive pass interferences. Wow. They only have eight false starts in 10 games, which is there's actually some teams with fewer than that. The Rams have four false starts in 10 games. Steelers and lions have five, but it's, it's among the best marks. So you look at the top of the list, false start leaders, bears, Panthers, Colts, Cardinals. It's like the, yeah. the dumpster fire franchises that are unorganized and offensive holding. Sometimes offensive holding can be more about just getting overwhelmed as an offensive lineman uh, or just like, bad fundamentals and bad mechanics. The Ravens have a good offensive line. They actually lead the NFL in 
offensive holding penalties. Well, and, and that might be or... a product too of Lamar running all over the place. Right. right. Oh, he's changing directions and yeah. oh, no, I got a hundred percent. Before we dive into the rest of this batch of feedback, let's shout out our friends at Nutrisource Dex. <laughs> Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Score North and Purple Daily. Maya Mackey always with a big goofy grin on her face when it's time to eat the same thing for every meal. If you had to eat the same thing for every meal and you were this happy, how good must that food be at Nutrisource? No kidding. Especially Vinny Boy with, you know, with his cross paws. Like if I, if I have a dangling a treat, you know, he just kind of the proper gentleman that Vincent boy. is. He likes to cross his little paws and say, yep, I'll take one of those treats. And, you know, I know Stella the dog and uh, Stella's buddy Ryder does the same thing. So, yeah, our friends at Nutrisource keep, uh, keep these pups very happy, very entertained. And, yeah, I mean, for Maya Mackey to have the same face and the same reaction every time for that same meal, mm. Mm, chef's kiss. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, I have opened up the uh, the Prize Picks app here just to see what are what are we looking at here. Where are we going more or less on? Here, I'll throw this up for for the audience too. You can see, yeah. Josh yeah. Dobbs, yeah. Russell Wilson. Boy, these are these are some low numbers here. Are you going to go uh, more or less two twenty nine and a half on Dobbs? I'm probably going to take. I got to take the under on that. I think he's going to run for some yards. Russ, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go uh, less on the 204 and a half, too, on those passing yards. I feel like if Denver's going to move the ball, it's through the air or through, uh, on the ground, not through the air. But uh, with prize picks, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. You select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats. And you can even now, now that basketball season's in full swing, you can combine basketball and football. Like, for example, you could do a LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey. Uh, ten and a half point combo of three points made, three pointers made, and receptions. You can blend stuff in and make it even more fun to watch sports uh, over the weekend here. PrizePicks.com/slash/PurpleDaily. Use the code PurpleDaily for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/slash/PurpleDaily with the code PurpleDaily for a first deposit match up to a hundo. Right back to the feedback here. Christy Owens says. I just need to shout out my big brother, Colonel Keith, who's retiring from the U.S. Army after 33 years of service on December 1st. He's a lifelong Vikings fan. He'll be at the Vikings-Broncos game on Sunday night. It would be amazing if the Vikings could come out with a victory. Thank you guys for all the amazing content. I listen daily. Christy Owens and her brother, Colonel Keith, 33 years of service. Hell yeah. Thank you, Colonel Keith. Absolutely. Love that. See if the Vikes can get you a dub. Uh, Brett Lund chimes in and says, when are you guys going to read this article from Yahoo about Daniil Hunter being football's cleanest player? Did oh. you see this? Uh, I, I didn't see the article. I saw the stat, though. I saw a stat the, the, this week, I believe, from PFF, or it might have been even Kramer or Ben Gasling from the Star Tribune write about this, I believe. But, yes, he has been incredibly disciplined this season. Dude, this is – so I'm going to trust these. When you, guys, when you guys send us feedback, we're like – Ron Burgundy, man, we read what's on the prompters. I'm going to trust that these numbers are correct. That Daniil Hunter has played 118 games in his career, 86 and a half sacks, zero roughing the passer penalties or unnecessary roughness penalties. Only eight penalties in 118 games for 52 yards, no fines. Zero roughing the passer penalties on one of the best pass rushers in the league over you know, a seven, eight year stretch. 
That's insane, isn't it? Well, yeah, especially with the league doing everything in their power to protect quarterbacks these days. Right. And, and honestly, right, rightfully so. Uh, you don't want to see a situation where quarterbacks are going down and dropping like flies, like, kind of like we saw in 2017. Uh, but it is incredible for a pass rusher of his stature to have racked up what, I'm guessing, somewhere near 80, almost 100 career sacks. I'm, I might be uh, exaggerating a little bit there. 80, 86 and a half, according and, to this. And not once. And and that does include, you know, QB knockdowns and hits and whatnot, too. Like, all of those um, uh, that he has racked up, and he hasn't found himself one roughing the passer call is absolutely absurd in today's NFL. Yeah, I'm I'm just just real quick since we're on the subject. I always think about when when great players miss a chunk of time, like like Bryce Harper in baseball missed a half a season. Mike Trout has missed some time with like mm-hmm. knee injury here and there and and you start to do the math like man, if that guy would have stayed healthy for 15 years as a baseball player, what would he have flirted with the all-time home run record or whatever it is, right? Daniil Hunter was the fastest player in league history, I think, to get to 50 sacks. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Let me just go back here. So he had, yeah, because he was healthy through 2019. So, his, yeah, he had six, 12 and a half, seven, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. And so he was 25 years old when he had 50 sacks in his career. And then he misses the full 2020 season with the neck injury. In 2021, he's coming back, trying to get back into the mix, and he misses over half of that season, too. If you were to look and kind of, like, here's the here's the sack leaders all time. Let me just pull this up on Pro Football Reference. Career sack leaders. So he has 86 and a half, the all-time leader. And I'm, I'm counting unofficial. So Pro Football, they didn't log sacks until 1982, Right, and sometime in the last ten years, the NFL or Pro Football Reference like had someone go back and just watch games from 1982 all the way back. Hey, go tally sacks. We'll we'll trust you. All right. Uh, so some of these numbers are unofficial for the old school players, but the all time record for sacks is 200. To crack the top ten, you need to get to Michael Strahan at a, like 140 sacks. So if you were to give Daniil Hunter He's at 86 and a half, it says. If Pro Football Reference says 82. I'm going to use the 82 number because that's the website I'm on. Let's give him 15 sacks. Because he was 15, 15. Let's give him 15 more sacks in 2020. So that's 97 sacks. And then another half season, let's give him like seven more sacks in a half season. So that gets us to 100, 104 sacks if he hadn't missed a year and a half with injuries. He would currently be 50th, tied for 50th on the all-time list. And he would be 40 sacks away from top 10 all-time. And he's not even 30 yet. And what's even more bizarre is he was a part-time player when he first got drafted. Like yes. His first, like he did not, I, if you still have it up in front of you, like I do. his game starts weren't really consistent right until like 2017. He started one game his first two years. So he was like a third down rusher, basically. Yeah. Right. Yep. He was just a freak athlete that got after quarter. So like even you factor in that beginning part of his career, like, and now he still got those sacks. So like, that's awesome. But imagine if that guy was even a starter playing every down those first few years. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a guy that would probably even be able to pick up some of those sacks he lost in 20 and 21. And then, okay, let's just to continue this exercise. Let's, 
and I get it. Like staying healthy is not a given when you're playing in the trenches. So this is kind of a other guys got hurt too and still put up numbers. But if we give him, if we give him the 22 sacks he would have had in the year and a half he missed, and that gets him to 104. Uh, he currently leads the NFL with 11 sacks. Now let's give him five more. He might get more than that, but let's give him five more at the end of this season. So that would get him to, or six more gets him to 100, uh, 110. So 110 before the age of 30 would put him tied for 41st. Could he get another 50 sacks kind of like riding out his early 30? I mean, there's a legitimate chance if he wouldn't have missed time that he would be knocking on the door of like top five all time in sacks. Yeah, absolutely. And no one talks about him as, as one of the best Mm -hmm. defensive players. He's not even in the conversation nationally, which is insane to me. I mean, yeah, miles Garrett is obviously a beast and rightfully so he deserves his credit, but it's kind of a, it's kind of absurd that Daniel Hunter is like not even mentioned in the same sentence. It doesn't make Uh, sense. Carl Williams chimes in says, really want you guys to give your perspective on this. Do you think Josh Dobbs' swagger is helping him galvanize the team? Think about it. After that crazy fourth and seven run for a touchdown, he does a drop the mic celebration, crosses his arms. After his TD run against the Saints, he goes up to the crowd and engages with the crowd. It's the type of personality that toes the line of confidence and cocky, and I think that's what's needed at that position. You know, Kirk Kirk is... I don't know if Kirk's not cocky by any means. Mm-mm. He's confident enough to be an NFL quarterback, but that Netflix docuseries quarterback really shined a light on how dejected and down on himself he would get. Oh, yeah. And how Kevin O'Connell would have to pump him up and, and hey, man, like words of affirmation. It, it seemed like he was really quick to get down on himself and just kind of, ugh. And we'll learn more about Dobbs' personality, but Dobbs feels a little different. Feels like he just has a little more organic, call it swag, call it confidence. I think I agree with this, actually. Yeah, it, it's cool to see. And, you know, we're in that, we're in today's NFL where, you know, yeah, there's a lot of swaggy quarterbacks. Joe Burrow has a lot of swagger to him. Pat Mahomes obviously has a lot of swagger to him. Um, yeah, just having that type of guy, I think that guys gravitate towards is awesome. I mean, he's leaving KOC speechless, you know, on the sidelines with what he can do. And, you know, Justin Jefferson's all pumped up and he's not even playing with them right now. So, yeah, I, I think that swagger and that type of confidence is definitely contagious. You don't have to have it, but when... Eli Manning won a couple Super Bowls without a whole yeah. lot of swag, right? Yeah, no kidding. Joe just Flacco. Eli face. Yeah, just, Joe just Flacco. stoned, just just stoned Eli face, just looking looking confused and perplexed, you know, uh, seven days a week. But yeah, I, I think the swagger of Josh Dobbs definitely rubs mm-hmm. off on his teammates for sure. Let's pull up, let's dust off the swagometer here. I'm going to give you, Declan, I'm going to give you like, let's just start with last year's Super Bowl, the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks on a one to 10 swag scale. Okay. One okay. being, one being, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins in Cole's khakis yep. doing a corny commercial or something. And uh, 10 being Patrick Mahomes trash talking Max Crosby on the Netflix series. Okay. One to 10 scale. How much swag do these Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have? Patrick Mahomes. 10. 10. Matthew Stafford, six, and I'm probably being generous. I I, th- I think he's a little edgy. I I would give him like a seven. Okay. I give him like seven. Tom Brady, ten. It's quiet swag, but it works. Like it, it's it's a swagger of I am better than you, and I'm gonna kick your ass type of swagger. It's not a. It's not loud a, like, sometimes colorful. though. Yeah, it's not a colorful swagger, but it is a 
straight in your face, I'm going to beat you, Swagger. Nick Foles. Uh, well, this is interesting. This is a, okay, this one's interesting. <laughs> because there are moments of Nick Foles where you've seen him kind of show off a little bit. I mean, forgot he has a statue, right? Didn't they build a statue of him in Philadelphia? Did they? Did is they? there a statue of Nick Foles? I thought there was a statue of Nick, Nick Foles. Nick Foles statue. Uh, they do. There is. <laughs> there's a Philly special statue. It looks yes, like. Yes, that's what it is. It was a Philly special. It's a nine uh, foot, uh, nine foot statue. Yeah, I will of give Doug, him a of seven. Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. Yeah, I'll give him a seven. I'll give him a solid seven. Yeah, I was like a six, maybe yeah. somewhere there. Okay, a lot. There's. I'm, I'm skipping through all the other Tom Brady's here. Uh, Peyton Manning. Um, see, this one's also tough because it falls more in line of the Brady. To a degree, They're, they were very different quarterbacks. Peyton's uh, got like a nerd quality, but also also a swag a quality. Drill sergeant swagger, right? Like a more of a more of a buttoned up drill sergeant. You will follow fall in line type of swagger. So I, yeah, I, this is probably low, but I'm just gonna give him a five. But it's it's it probably should be a lot higher. I'm gonna say it's like an it's like an eight. I think mm-hmm. it's a sneaky swag. It's a sneaky yeah. swagger that he yes. has. It's a good good way to put it. Russell Wilson. Oh God! Um, it's like a four. Yeah, it just a three. <laughs> that, that he's such a dork. He's such a dork. Uh, Joe Flacco, two, two. Yeah, uh, Eli Manning, one, one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one. Very easy. Here. And then uh, I'll give you uh, two more. Aaron Rodgers, nine. There's a lot of swag with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's a little fake sometimes, but it, it's like an eight or a nine, but it almost borders on yeah. insecurity masking itself. Yeah, there's way. some phoniness there, but there's a lot. I mean, the, the double check, the in-your-face type of person he is, it's it's high for me. It's probably a nine. And then Drew Brees. Uh, three. Yeah, it's a little more subdued. Yep. Kind of I, a, I think he's an like incredible... I, I think he's a really good leader and... and he won a Super Bowl, and he had an incredible career. But, yeah, it's not necessarily, a, again, not really a colorful swagger. It's more of a fall in line and I'll lead us swagger. Yeah. Joe Namath. Joe Namath. <laughs> Ten. Ten, I, I, Ten can't right? That jacket and yeah, that lifestyle, absolutely. Predicting a victory. Uh, you know, when we walk into three jack in the North Loop, it's mm-hmm. like Joe Namath with the – Oh, yeah. It's very swaggy feeling when you walk into three jack in the yeah, North Loop. I mean, that was, that was, that was, that's how I always walk into three jack when I uh, book those tea times where I get those loaded nachos. I just put on the oh. sunglasses and I'll say, loaded nachos, please, which you can see on the YouTube screen another, right there. Again, again. And I'll have another, absolutely. <laughs> uh, great tap list. You can uh, go to 3Jack to book that Simulator Bay. And also, maybe you're planning a holiday get-together with the friends or the family – uh, three Jack can host uh, private parties from 12 to 200 people. Okay, so if you're looking to get together with friends and family this off uh, this Christmas season, I should say, go to our friends at Three Jack and also Purple Daily guests who mentioned they heard this ad on uh, Purple Daily. You get a free pint with any menu purchase item like those loaded nachos that we love. So uh, go to Three Jack and ThreeJack.com to learn more. Also, hey, if you guys are uh, maybe maybe you're listed on the injury report this week, you're dealing with the back thing or whatever it may be. Knees, shoulders, hips. Summit Orthopedics can help you out. Get you from questionable to probable, perhaps. No uh, no referrals are needed, and they offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, Summit Orthopedics offers walk-in urgent care seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities. You can learn more at summitortho.com. Summitortho.com. All right, I got one more for you here. 
It's the one that I teased earlier from Dustin Leffler. It's great that Dobbs is doing well, and he is thus far a success story, but can we quit fooling ourselves that the Vikings have anything greater than a 1% chance to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win the Super Bowl? Sure, they'll probably make the playoffs, and they might win a game or two, but what does that get them? I'll tell you what it gets them. Stuck back in the middle with a draft pick too high to move up to go get one of the two best quarterbacks. This season needs to end in a Super Bowl to be successful because otherwise we missed a golden opportunity for significant roster adjustments. He didn't say tanking. He did say significant roster adjustments when both Jefferson and Cousins got hurt. How do you feel about this? So Dustin represents, I think, a shrinking faction of fans that are still like, no, we should be. T- if you're still hoping for a tank at this point, I don't know, man. Like, do you not have any joy in your life? Yeah, that that's the thing here. Because like, look, I I weighed this option too, and especially <laughs> when um you know they got off to more of the poor start, not necessarily the Kirk injury. Um, but they're winning games, and it's fun. And yeah, you have to ride kind of this consistent Vikings wave of. Never being bad enough to tank, never being good enough to be in the Super Bowl conversation, or at least not or going to Super Bowls, I should say. Um, but this has been a blast, man. Like, how have you not enjoyed this? Like, would you? So you would rather them just continue to lose games so they can have a chance the third overall pick that again might not work out for you. Like, you know, teams pick in the top five consistently. The Browns have picked five top five in the consistently yeah. for like my entire lifetime, and they have like one playoff win to show for it. So. Where do you really want to fall in line here? I think this has been an absolute blast watching football the last few weeks. And by the way, like when Kirk was on the winning streak that started with Kirk, those were fun too. Those yeah. games, he, the San Francisco game, that, that was, was an incredibly fun game. Like how, how you would rather them just lose? Like, come on. All right, so no, you're watching Josh Dobbs like matrix his way out of trouble in the pocket, <laughs> jump over a defender, spin move, t- tiptoeing the sideline. And he's holding the ball in the air as he crosses the goal line for a touchdown. And the whole time you're thinking, no, no, no fumble. No. Third overall know. pick. Third overall pick. No, can't do that. So I guess, yes, the mission of this show and and everything that we sort of discuss, all the themes, it's all geared toward if we're hard on the team at times, it's because we want this team to win a Super Bowl. And so are they likely to win the Super Bowl? No. But are they building something, whether it's for this year or maybe next year? Does it feel like they're building a culture? Does it feel like they have some really high-end talent at some key positions? I mean, right now they've got the best left tackle in the NFL, one of the top two or three right tackles in the NFL. They've, they've got the best receiver and maybe another burgeoning like top 20 wide receiver in Jordan Addison if you were to give him yeah. some more targets in another year. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, Daniil Hunter, and he's a free agent, so we'll see what happens. But he's one of the best. He's leading the league in sacks. Makai Blackman is a top 20 cornerback right now as a rookie. And it's, they've got high-end talent here. No doubt. So if they're building something. I think building a winning culture and seeing it manifest on the field is much more important than draft position. Yeah. So I, I think we're, we're just seeing like this culture coming out of adversity. But on the actual chances to win the Super Bowl, let's go back to our friends at playoffstatus.com. <laughs> playoffstatus.com. So they have a 3% chance to win the Super Bowl and a 6% chance to get to the Super Bowl. The odds to win the Super Bowl are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11th. 
11th most likely team to win the Super Bowl behind the Eagles, Chiefs, Lions. They love the Lions here. Yeah, they do. Ravens, Jaguars, 49ers feels a little low. Browns, Steelers, Dolphins, Seahawks, and then Vikings tied with Cowboys at 3%. Vikings have a 15% chance to get to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And the, and the NFC is so weak, too. So, I mean, that also helps. Like, if the Vikings were in the AFC, I think I'd be singing a little bit of a different tune. Like, the AFC is just. Although Burrow low. might be out for the season That's now. That's true, too. Yeah. It might and, be a problem. And the Bills are not the powerhouse we thought. They're outside no. the playoff pictures. Like, the AFC, it's like attrition and a couple teams falling out looks pretty wide mm-hmm. open, too. But so we'll see. Um, hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on this live episode of Feedback Friday presented by our friends at Quick Trip. Purple Daily is a place where we, like we said, just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see if they can keep this thing going here Sunday night. So tomorrow we'll hit you with our official picks for this game. And then uh, Sunday night football, we're going to hit you with Vikings Vent Line live right after that game is over. So uh, if you haven't, maybe click that bell notification button too on the Purple Daily YouTube channel so you can be alerted when we go live and post new content. But uh, yeah, that's a wrap on Feedback Friday here, live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Uh, as you know, as we've been talking about on our podcast throughout the Score North network of content, Give to the Max Day is this Thursday. And here at Score North, we're throwing our support behind secondhand hounds. You all know that we're here, uh, huge dog people. My dog, Maya. We got uh, Declan's dog, Vinny, Stella uh, with Judd. And so Secondhand Hounds is a nonprofit animal rescue based in Minnesota that provides safe shelter for our furry friends. And uh, Rachel Myros is here to talk about what a great cause this is. Whether you're a dog person or not, we'd love to just hear more about the work that Secondhand Hounds does. And uh, for the people that go to scorenorth.com slash donate, that's scorenorth.com slash donate sort of where that money goes to and and what does it help with, Rachel? Thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Um, You know, we also do cats. So even if you're not a dog person and you're a cat person, you can raise money for this cause. But we're a nonprofit animal rescue based in Minnetonka, but we operate all over Minnesota. We take in animals that are usually from high kill shelters or puppy mill situations um, and bring them to secondhand hounds where they find foster homes. They're giving all the vetted vetting they need done um, and they live with fosters until we find them their forever home. Um, we rescue about 3000 animals annually. And wow. we also do a lot of like other social services for pet owners who are struggling to keep their pets. Um, we have the biggest pet food shelf in the state. Um, we do respite foster care for victims of domestic violence. Um, we also do a lot of work on tribal grounds um, and tribal communities just to do spay and neuter to reduce overpopulation. So although rescue is a huge part of what we do, we do a lot of other stuff, too, to just try to make the world a better place and save some animals while doing it. Yeah. What's uh, what's your background with animals? Oh, man. Um, so I've been an animal nut since the beginning, since the very beginning. Um my parents joke that my dog that was in the family when I was born was my older sister. So like, if that gives you an idea, we consider, kind of... we consider Maya to be our daughter. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Our... Right. Totally. They still refer to my dogs as they're like doctors. I'm like, Oh gosh, you guys are special. Um, but we, you know, I've always been an animal lover. Um, I knew I wanted to do something with animals my whole life. And I was, uh, you know, 
thrown into the world of animal rescue in college, um, just started volunteering and, and fell in love with the concept, um, met my first pit bull and couldn't get enough. So, you know, I thought what better thing to do at 23 than, and then seven months pregnant, than start an animal rescue in my basement. So <laughs> it maybe, <laughs> it maybe wasn't the best idea in the beginning, but it's turned into this amazing, incredible, passionate, solution-oriented organization that I'm super proud of and happy yeah. about. It's yeah. also just like, it's it's so heart-wrenching to think about however it happened, whether a dog was just not cared for properly or whether owners yeah. passed away. I'm sure there's a million different ways that an animal could wind up with uh, really? secondhand hounds. But what is it like when you see, when you, when you get an animal in and then you see them, you know, united with a potential yeah. forever home and they go through that whole process? It's the best. I mean, I, I still foster. I have a foster right now. I love fostering. There's nothing better than watching an animal that maybe doesn't trust as much and has had a rough start. Um, or like you said, sometimes they've had a great life, but a traumatic situation meant that they didn't have a home any longer. But watching this dog or cat blossom and then find their family. And it's like, their family didn't even know that they were missing this animal. And so to watch that connection and that bond be made between the two of them or, you know, multiple of them, it is the most rewarding part of the job. Um, there's nothing better than that. Um, I think that animals do at such a service as a community. I mean, I know I have anxiety issues and I call them my little anxiety sponges. Um, you know, they, they just really make life better with their unconditional love and their antics. And, and so to be able to form 3000 connections like that a year is like the best thing ever. Um, also with our respite foster program, you know, we're watching animals that their families can't keep them for a short amount of time, but watching those reunifications is the coolest part as well, right? Because these are people that are maybe struggling through addiction or mental health crises or domestic violence or their active military. And like when you, they get to be back with their animals, there's nothing better than kind of watching that celebration. Um, and it just shows you that like what as a community, we need to rally behind people and animals and make sure that we can keep them together when possible. But when not, we'll find them their perfect forever home. Yes. Amen. And just I'll put this up on the screen here, too, for the YouTube audience uh, all week long. Scornearth.com slash donate, whether you have five dollars or fifty dollars or $5,000, which would be amazing, obviously. Uh, we're just encouraging all of you animal lovers out there to pitch in however much you're able to. And by the way, our friends at Nutrisource are going to be matching up to $1,000 raised. So we thank them for that. Scornorth.com slash donate. Uh, any just final words from you, Rachel? No, just a huge thanks. I mean, this community is what allows us to say yes to thousands of animals every year. Um, without the Twin Cities community, the Vikings lovers out there, we are, we're nothing. So um, just any dollar, five dollars does a ton. So no amount is too small. We're hoping to blow it out of the water this week. And uh, I really appreciate you guys being part of that. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. We have a friend in the background there that's uh, also saying, yes, go to scorenorth.com. Yes. <laughs> Woof. Scorenorth.com slash donate and thank you uh, all in advance for whatever you can contribute here for us at score north with secondhand hounds for give to the max dad